It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Where? Oh, that's me. Hi. Welcome to the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are back for another couple of hours of motorsports conversation, and we have got a busy Stock Car Show lined up for you tonight. We have got actually three very special guests, of which one, Tyler Dipple, is already in the Race City USA PMN studios with us here in Mooresville, North Carolina. We'll be joined shortly by Mason Mitchell, and then we'll have uh, George Hamill at the top of the second hour. And George is a paraplegic racer in the Lucas Oil Off-Road Series, and he's got an incredible story. So you want to stick around with us for that. My name is Tom Baker. I am the CEO and Senior Editor of Race Chaser Online. Seated next to me at the round table is Jacob Seelman, the Managing Editor. Cisco Scaramuza joining us via the Race Chaser Skype line. And Bill is our producer for the evening. <laughs> Welcome back, Bill. First time uh, back in a week or so. He was under the weather and uh, happy Making to... Making me do all the work. Yeah, happy to have him <laughs> back behind the glass. Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting is our producer for the evening. And guys, we've had a busy newswire in the last couple of weeks really but especially this week and a lot of it's been open wheel news um as in dirt track open wheel kind of stuff midget sprints but one nascar news item that is well worth some conversation at the top of the hour here just to get started with john hunter nemechek and this is i would say that half of this is probably the worst kept secret in the garage or the latest edition of that I think we all expected that John Hunter Nemechek was going to get a promotion, but what we were all hearing originally was it was going to be with Richard Childress racing. That was kind of the speculation. And of course, as we all know, rumors are only good if you if you spread them, and half of them are also just plain nonsense. Well, it turns out we had the wrong team. John Hunter Nemechek is now going to run a part-time Xfinity Series schedule with Chip Ganassi racing in the 42 car and bringing fire alarm services along with him did not specify the number of races, Jacob. But you know what? I'm hoping it's at least half the schedule because honestly, I think this is for a number of different reasons on a number of different levels. This is the perfect situation for him. Absolutely. In more ways than one. And good evening, everybody. Uh, I love this. I love everything about this. I also love the fact that it brings the Nemechek family back home to car number 42 because, of yeah. course, if you'll remember back, oh, 20 years ago or so, Joe Nemechek, John Hunter's father, drove a car numbered 42 in the Cup Series for Felix Sabatis, who is a minority owner now at Chip Ganassi Racing, yep. and appropriately drove car number 42 for Sabco. So John Hunter gets to kind of rekindle that family heritage a little bit, but you're right. I think this is a great situation. John Hunter's had a lot of stress on his shoulders the last couple of years with money issues and not knowing whether they were going to be able to get to the racetrack the next week and pressure to win and make the playoffs and perform at the highest level possible just to keep the doors open. Now the pressure's gone. 
He's driving for somebody else. He's in a power situation with some really good equipment underneath him that we know has gone to victory lane with multiple different drivers. And he doesn't have to worry about points. That, to me, is the best thing about this. For once, John Hunter Nemechek does not have to worry about points. He doesn't have to worry about you know, running his guts out to keep the doors open. We know the doors are going to be open. He just gets to go out and focus on winning, which he hasn't been able to do for a long time, and I think that's a great thing for him. It lets him relax. It lets him refocus, and I hope it leads to him winning a race or maybe a couple of races next year. I believe he will. Uh, if he gets enough starts, I believe he will. And I, I like this, and I, for all the reasons you just said, really, I like it. But the the thing that... I think about I don't know if you can say the pressure is gone. Every time you step up a level, I think the pressure increases because you have to be able to perform well enough to stay there. Well, but I, I know what yeah, you're saying because I, in his situation up until now, they've been they've had to do so much with so little compared a diff- to a yeah, lot of the bigger it's teams. It's a different kind yeah, of pressure. Exactly. You're right. He's going to have the resources around him. He's not going to have to worry about being competitive. And it's really, for him, going to be about learning. And I feel like, Cisco, that this really is an opportunity for him because when you look at it, it's only going to be a year or two probably before Jamie McMurray decides to step out of the seat of the one car in the Cup Series. So I feel like Chip Ganassi just basically signed Jamie's replacement for that as long as John Hunter performs. I don't see why he doesn't step up into the one when Jamie's ready to leave. And cutting down to a one-car Xfinity operation means John Hunter is going to get 100% of the resources when he's driving that car. So this just seems like a winning situation all the way around for him. Yeah, absolutely. And for John Hunter, it's a case where I think he will be able to perform in the Xfinity series. I've always been a little bit worried about drivers who only get to spend one year in that before jumping right up to cup. But hey, the guy who's going to be driving uh, one of the cars at Hendricks doing that as well. So, I mean, I can worry as much as I want to about, you know, if he's ready or not. But if Chip decides he's ready, guess what? Bam, he's going in the one car. If Jamie decides, yeah, you know what? I think I have had enough, at least for now. So. I'm curious to see I'm curious to see what Jamie's takes going to be on all of this if we get a chance to hear from it at some point you know if he's going to you know kind of groom John Hunter at all for that car a la kind of what Gordon did with Elliot and what uh Junior's doing with Bowman or are we going to see you know Jamie just kind of move on be like yeah I had my fun and just kind of move on so I'm curious to see what the, uh, the caretaker of the one car is going to do with the driver who will probably fill his spot. Well, I would imagine, Jacob, that knowing how that operation works as well as I do, that probably both Kyle and Jamie will be readily available for mm-hmm. uh, coaching and mentoring for John Hunter. And I think Jamie probably, I would almost think Jamie probably stays another couple of years. Yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, I, so maybe this year and next kind of thing and then he steps aside and john hunter moves up and then we have to worry about who's going to fill the 42 at that point but uh for right now i think it's a good a good situation for john hunter i think it's a good situation for chip ganassi racing but it also creates another question because part of that press release and that announcement was that there's only be one car in the ganassi xfinity stable which basically closes the door on brendan Poole returning with uh, DC Solar to 
uh, the 48 car, which now goes away, Jacob. Yeah, and I don't want to get into that whole thing because I want to talk to Tyler here in a second. That's a, I feel like that's a story to discuss once we have more information. We really don't have anything, and Brennan's not divulging anything right now. There are rumors, there are suspicions, but we really don't know until Brennan says something. So I think we just have to kind of wait as far as that's concerned. I don't know. I don't know how much we – I think we thought we knew more about that than we actually, than we actually really do because a lot of people yeah. were talking about the 27, and supposedly right now that's probably not going to happen Correct. for a couple of reasons Correct. that we'll get to later. So let's talk to Tyler Dimple here, shall we? Tyler's been sitting here at the round table with us, first time that he's been able to be in the studio. Tyler, it's good to have you on the show, and the thing is, I think – at this point in time, you got to be pretty excited about next year just because of the fact that you know you're going to be with Rhett Jones Racing. And it appears as though maybe more ARCA? Yeah, that's the way we're looking to right now. Uh, I really We don't have a schedule set in stone, but it looks as though that we're probably going to do some full-time ARCA is what the plan is. You know, there could be a few K&N races. Of course, I'll run my big block some, maybe a couple super late model races like we did this year. It's just uh, we just got to figure out scheduling a little bit. For you, though, uh, we were actually talking about it before uh, we came on air live here. There's a lot of things, I think, for you that are appealing about running more ARCA races next year. Uh, specifically some of the bigger tracks that, uh, you know, if all goes according to plan, you're going to have the opportunity to be, to be at next year that you haven't gotten to yet running two years in the K&N car. Yeah, that would be so much fun just getting on the bigger tracks like Talladega, Daytona. You know, they go to Chicago, now Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's kind of where I was getting at with yeah. that, right in our backyard here. Yeah, that would be super cool. I mean – I hope we end up doing the full-time ARCA because they have got a really solid schedule right now. And some more races, too, in the big car. I mean, you talk about full-time K&N, but it's only 13, 14 races. So you talk about a 20-race ARCA schedule. It gives you a little bit more consistency, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I always love to be in the sea as much as I can in those extra races. And being at the bigger tracks would be really cool, you know, because I haven't K&N really doesn't go to that many big tracks, just Dover and New Hampshire. But they added Gateway, I saw, which, yeah. was, which was cool. And they're going back to New Hampshire twice again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe mix it, mix it up with some few ARCA K&N. So, I, I don't know. Gateway would be an awesome – that's going to be a neat show with IndyCar. Yeah, I think so, too. That would be sweet. Talk a little bit about, obviously, you and I have digressed about this <laughs> a bunch. Your K&N season summed up in about two words, bad luck. Yeah, yeah, um, just a lot of flat tires. I think we count 11 flat tires on the season between the whole day with practice and the race and everything. It's just, you know, we had a lot of speed, just seemed like nothing could go our way. But, you know, you have some of those races and you have some of those seasons. You know, you just got to keep working through it. You know, I know I'm fast. I mean, I know I got good stuff. We just – Need to get the monkey off her back. <laughs> Tom, 11 <laughs> flat tires. I mean, how, how does that even happen? I don't know. I mean, I, there were a couple of guys in K&M West over the last two, three years that had that situation, yeah. too. I, I don't understand how that many tires go flat on the same car over the course of the season, but you must have found every nail and piece of debris in the racetrack, Tyler. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <before> it <degrades laughs> me. But well, yeah. we'll we'll give you a minute or two to not talk about it because we got to step aside and listen to some things. But when we come back, we're going to have more with Tyler Dimple. We've got Mason Mitchell coming in, and then uh, we're going to talk to George Hamill from the Lucas Oil Off Road Series at eight o'clock, and Kyle Sue's at eight thirty. Still a lot of stuff to come here on the Stock Car Show. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Stock Car Show. Pre- Presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Tyler Dipple, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. We're dippling in the studio now. We got Tyler Dipple with us, and uh, 
<laughs> Tyler's, time. Uh, Tyler's just like, what did I walk into? Yeah, first time Tyler's heard that reentry. I think. Uh, we, we like messing with drivers. Yeah. Just what we do here. Yeah, just to explain to all of you in the audience, the drivers cut those, obviously, what we would call dry without the music, and we put music behind them, and uh, our boffin chose an interesting recording to be behind tyler dipples so we have now christened that hashtag dippling uh and tyler you know what uh i know you want to dipple your way into victory lane in the arcade tour next year and one of the things that i think about with you is if you could get a full season in arca your dirt experience when it comes to the two dirt tracks, I mean, you've run them before, but you haven't run a full schedule. To me, that becomes an advantage because whereas a lot of the other guys don't have any experience on those two tracks, so they get there and it's kind of just let's get through this and do the best we can. You know, you you get out there and it's like, I want to win these two. Right. So, you know, you're actually uh, used to running them in a big block modified up north, you know, the tracks like that. So, Talk a little bit about the overall schedule in the series. You mentioned uh, Salem, and my gosh, I mean, anything you run at Salem is, has got to be just amazing. Yeah, no, I, the schedule's really cool, and it, I like that Arca's going to those two dirt tracks again. You know, I love dirt. Always. You, know, you ran just, the dirt races last yeah, year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we finished third, and um, – I don't. I think we got taken out of the green white checker, the other one. But yeah, I think you did. Yeah, it's yeah. still super cool to run an Arca car there. It's just uh, they drive like nothing else. You can't even compare them to anything I've been. <laughs> I think he told there. me it was like driving yeah, a tank yeah, around. Yeah, heavy <laughs> tank. Uh, but yeah, they're still super super fun, and you definitely have to have a lot of car control at those tracks because the line is very very narrow, and the track rubbers down super quick. So you definitely have to have past dirt experience to know where to read the track and where the grip's at okay so for those in our audience who aren't familiar with the type of big block super dirt car modifieds that you race talk about the difference between an arca car and dirt and a big block car and dirt and kind of talk about the the big block car more specifically well compared to a big block the big blocks obviously have a lot more motor but they're about a thousand pounds lighter which makes them okay easier they stop quicker accelerate quicker and just the suspension they're just made for dirt they got a lot more travel and they just you could throw them a lot around a lot easier than our car being an Arca car it just feels like you're on top of the track almost just like on loose ground the whole time and just sliding and it's really unresponsive you get that thing <laughs> sideways it's just like a lazy slide through the whole corner <laughs> Well, I loved your description the first time you were ever talking about it with us. I think it was on this show, actually, when yeah, you called yeah. the Arca car like being a tank yeah. driving the dirt tracks. Uh, but you mentioned in the, in our first segment with you talking about still running your big block, likely in some races next year. I know that's like your golf game. You know, we talk about some of these cup guys, you know, having something to get away from the cup car, get away from what they do normally. That's what you grew up in. That's basically your golf game. I mean, why is that so important to you as far as not only connecting back to your roots, but having fun with it too? Yeah. I mean, I just love doing it. It's what I grew up doing. I've, I just love those cars. I mean, I don't think I'll ever get away from them. I'll always run it no matter what car I'm in. I'll run a few races or just, so much fun to drive. I just couldn't get away from 
out of all the big block races that you've run in the past, can you pick out one or two in particular that are just, you know, if you were recommending to a guy with a big block, you know, hey, this is somewhere you need to go run, whether it's a track or a big event, which ones would you pick out that are your favorites? I would pick out for sure Charlotte, World Finals at Charlotte. I knew you were going to say that. Volusia down in Florida, that place is wild with a big block. And I would say if it's still there, you'd have to go the Moody Mile at Syracuse. But unfortunately, uh, don't yeah. get don't get Tom yeah. started. <laughs> well, I mean, it, see that the the thing with me with that track is, I mean, I've been going. I went there for so long, and I watched the track deteriorate. And I mean, it just it was bound to happen at some point. But now, did you go to a Swiggle? Have you been to a Swiggle for Super Dirt Week? No, I haven't. Okay. And, uh, See, you missed it this yeah. year. That track was like glass. It was yeah. so fast. Yeah, no, it's just – I don't really know. I mean, I like what they're trying to do there, but it's just – it doesn't It doesn't feel the same as Syracuse, and I don't know if we're going to It's not go, a mile, but yeah. it's a fast 5 A's, literally. Def- definitely not fast with the surface they got. It. You're crawling around there like a pace of a turtle. But. Not, uh, not, not last year. They had it like glass. They were running like 19-second yeah. laps, which is – pretty darn quick there uh for dirt for a dirt car and you know they were talking about how fast the world of outlaws would be if they ever went there and the track surface was like that the first year was slow but last mm-hmm. year they really improved it now there's a question I- i'm glad tom brought the the outlaws up because the, I- i've always wanted to ask you this and it seems like i never actually think to do it if somebody ever gave you the opportunity would you would you hop in a four ten and go and go play? Would you want to, Is that something you'd want to try if you ever had the shot? Oh yeah, for sure. I, if someone gave me an opportunity, I'd jump right in that thing right at the track. I always wanted to try one of those things. They're so cool. If your mother's listening to the show, she's <laughs> yeah. going no, yeah. no. I don't think she'd be able to stop me. Her, her heart's going boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. boom. Uh, yeah, no, don't get many ideas. Uh, no, it's uh, but you know what I I think. Again, you come from a form of racing, Tyler, that it is it feels like it shouldn't be translatable to anything. And yet I kind of feel like it's actually translatable to a lot of different things because it's a combination of high horsepower and really good car control to get to drive those things. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the biggest thing in the big block is you could make your car do a lot of things and moving around up on the cushion, you know, just searching through different lines, playing with a lot of things inside the car. And that helps you a lot. And the asphalt car being once that green flag drops, I mean, you pretty much got what you got. You can't really, there's, you're very limited in the asphalt, what you can do as a driver at most of the places to help fix your race car. But I think, being from a dirt background, it helps you a little bit of what to say and how to change your car to make it better. Is it true that dirt actually gives you more comfort driving the asphalt car looser? I would, yeah, I tend from Mark's standpoint, being that I like a looser car, being from a dirt background, I think. Now, what do you feel like, despite all the tire stuff, Mm -hmm. what did you learn this year in K&N compared to where you were in your rookie season? Because we, I think you and I talked about this before. You won so quickly in that rookie season. It was kind of unexpected, and then it was really kind of rocky after that. But what do you feel like you learned this year uh, that 
has kind of prepared you to take that next step? Uh, just how to feel race car a little bit better. And I feel like I got better on the bigger tracks, learning the arrow. Not that it's huge at places like New Hampshire, but it comes into play when you run up on someone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got better on those. And uh, just overall got, I feel like, a little bit better at the places that we went to. I know the results aren't what we wanted, but at the race, we ran good every time. It's just unfortunate endings each time. What do you think has uh, – is there still something that when you're out on the asphalt and everything like that, that's still you're trying to learn and you're still trying to improve on right now? Uh, you're still trying to improve every time you go on the racetrack. I mean, you just try and – if your car is perfect, you just try and make it a little bit better. I mean, I've got to every point, I feel like, where I've learned a lot about the asphalt cars making the transition. I just have to get my race car perfect quicker, I feel like, making good changes at practice. What – was the biggest struggle for you adapting to the pavement as as compared to knowing what you wanted on the dirt? Probably just the security where you have to drive it into the corner. Meanwhile, just not driving in with the gas or the brake in the dirt car. You got to, cause you get the sense when you do that to get very loose in. And I feel like once I learned that it definitely got a lot better. What do you think uh, Tyler is going to be the next place that you're curious to kind of learn how to race? What's that next kind of step that you're looking at going, oh, boy, time to move up to this level? Um, I mean, I'm kind of stuck right now being 17 at an age. So next year, if we do do the full ARCA schedule, I'll end up missing Daytona because my birthday is actually Bummer. yeah early April. It's it's dumb. I think you could test and practice, but you can't, can't go. Race, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's stupid. I don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> <laughs> it, I well, mean, I think you just did. Yeah. You, you're, you're at least. I mean, he's at least a little bit better off than somebody like Todd Gilliland Harrison Burton. They, you know, Todd has to miss four truck races if he's going to run the whole thing, and then there's Harrison who doesn't turn 18 till October. So yeah. at least you only have to miss one race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I feel like that would be super cool, and I forgot what. Well, we're getting at what the first question was. Uh, Uh, Just kind of, uh, it's so obviously I was kind of alluding to Daytona, but just in general, are there other tracks, other things that you're looking forward and looking forward to trying out for the first time? What what else is on that list? Oh yeah, just the the super speedways and the mile halves. Obviously, I've never been on any of those, so I'm gonna have to go through a big learning step with all the arrow comes huge into those. I got to learn that obviously would be the biggest Mm -hmm. thing probably. Obviously it's taken a lot of good people and partners to this season, Tyler. Uh, Who do you need to give a shout out and a thank you to for everything uh, that they've done to get you to this point? Yeah. Well, first off, I always have to thank my mom and dad. They do everything for me and I wouldn't be here without them. My sister and my girlfriend, Mark and Terry Jones for giving me really fast cars all year long just the crew at the shop you know and everyone that's helped me along the way dna concrete tie car trenchless technologies and um forward performance well it's always fun to have you on the program tyler and it's good to have you back and i'm happy to hear that you're going to be back at red jones racing and i hope you run a ton of arca stuff because i love that series and that you're ready for it and i certainly hope 
that you have about 11 less flat tires in two Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Maybe Santa can bring you some fix-the-flat for your stocking. and yeah. uh, you know, Flex seal. Yeah, flex seal. There you go. That's right. Yeah, put some flex seal on it. I don't know if that's going to do it, but it worked for the boat, I guess. So, uh, Tyler, thanks for coming in and uh, look forward to having you back on again sometime over the winter where maybe we can get you on a little longer and have some more fun. Yeah, sweet. Thanks for having me tonight, guys. That's Tyler Dimple. When we come back, we have got much more of the Stock Car Show. We're going to eventually be seeing Mason Mitchell here in the studio. We've got George Hamill coming up. We've also got Kyle Souza and much more as we continue on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Go to their website right now while we're in commercial and check it out, hmsmotorsport.com. We'll be back after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for a second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. 
I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. A crazy night here in this in the studio. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and Bill Holt behind the glass of the Carolina School of Broadcasting. And we're just having a good time tonight. That's what it's all about. It's getting near holiday time and uh, you know, everybody's kind of uh kind of punchy, I think. But uh, anyway, uh we'll be talking with Mason Mitchell here in just a moment or two, but uh, while we have an opportunity here, toss in another newswire item that uh, just hit the presses today. Again, um, a hot rumor for a while, but we weren't quite sure because we were surprised at how long it took to officially make the announcement. But uh, sometimes it happens that way. Front Row Motorsports confirming today. I'm not even going to say announcing, confirming what we all thought was going to be the truth when Michael McDowell was uh released released for that's a good word from the 95 Levine family racing team that he is going to be driving for Front Row Motorsports in 2018 along with David Reagan. Yes. And you know what I think this is kind of an interesting an interesting pairing. I guess is the way I want to put it and and the reason I put it like that is because you know, Landon Castle and David Reagan, I know, got along great, and I'm not really sure all the reasons why, you know, Landon was let go, but uh, Michael McDowell comes in, and I feel like Michael and David are so similar in yes. character and yes. temperament that I almost feel like they're very, very, they're, they're, they're just much alike, and I think yeah. that could really lead to some good synergy working together as this team really is making a play to step up its performance. Well, it's not only them that's making a play to step up their performance, but Ford as a manufacturer is making a play to help step up their performance because Ford Performance is enhancing their relationship with Front Row Motorsports yes. for the 2018 season, which is a huge deal. It's a bigger technical partnership with Roush Fenway Racing, Cisco, and all in all, good grief. Bob Jenkins has given so much to the sport for so long in building this team from the ground up. I'm glad that this has happened. They deserve it. Yes, I was going to say, I was wondering if you were just pondering that. I mean, I wasn't sure that was a way. I needed a moment to catch my breath. But no, no, this is this is going on the theme that we've been going on for a week now that I'm getting on my manufacturer rants again because TRD figured it out and everybody else is starting to kind of figure out the same sort of thing that this is the world we live in manufacturers cannot sit and hope that Hendrick Motorsports by themselves or a single team by themselves are going to be able to take it to the might of TRD and JGR. You have to work together now to win. Well, not only do you have to work together, but I think for Front Row Motorsports, it's a I don't want to say this in a mean-spirited way because I don't mean it that way at all, but it's about time that they stepped up. And the reason I say it like that is because I've always believed that this was a team that could do better than it's been doing. 
And I think Bob Jenkins is one of the most dedicated car owners in NASCAR who really puts in every single penny and and tries his best to give his team every opportunity that he can. You know, they don't have the unlimited resources that some other teams have or the really deep resources. And I really felt like this team has always gotten the most. And now if Ford kind of brings them a little closer and brings everybody a little closer in their organization, I'd like to see this team be a consistent top 10 to 15 runner. And I think that the potential is there. I know the talents there with David and Michael. Yes. I think it'd be a great opportunity. And I'm hoping 2018 is really good for, um, for this, uh, for this team. I would agree. And we're just going to throw him right to the fire. He knows how this is because he was running late because meetings, Mason Mitchell. So we're, we're just going to throw you right to the wolves and, and, and make you busy here with us, That's which all, is good. Yeah, well, been it's been a while. Show. My guys are still working, man. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I'm just going to get right down to business. Talk about the new building because you moved away from Mooresville and now you're back again. Mm-hmm. just in a different place than where you were the first time. I know space was, has been a big thing for you guys. Yeah, so originally uh, where the team started was in the drag strip, um, 28115 area. <laughs> and uh, for a couple oh, years we were there. Yep. And, uh, where and we, we are, by the way. We moved to uh, Statesville um, the beginning of this year. Uh, and then we were there for probably about 10 months, I believe. And had the opportunity to move into a really nice facility uh, in, in Mooresville on the lakeside uh, business park and ah, it's been a really awesome and smooth, pretty easy transition. Uh, the building's, a, you know, really uh, beautiful facility. It provides everything we need to do to get the job done, and we've really, I feel like, really invested into the future with the building. Um, how nice it is, and the equipment in the building's got a pull-down machine, service plates, all kinds of uh, neat stuff that's going to help us uh, perform better than what we need to be doing. Do you feel like that additional space is is this a foreshadowing maybe to an expansion of your team or is this basically having the space to expand if in fact the opportunity arises? I mean, is that why you move? He smiled. (laughs) I want to come on the show next time to talk about that. Well, you can come back anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. I can't answer all these questions. That's going to give me more more chances to come back on. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, hopefully. Uh, You know, the the building that we're in right now, um, honestly, you know, everything fills up pretty quick. But uh, there's there's spaces and opportunities that surround us where we're at if we want to expand into different ventures. Um, And, you know, that's where I see the business growing, hopefully, you know, but we have a a task and a goal right now, and that's to keep performing in the ARCA series and get better and better, and wherever the future leads us, it will. Well, I know where the present is leading you, and it's into the fact that the biggest bullets that we haven't talked about with you because we haven't been able to get you in here until now are a couplefold. I'll go from first to now. You guys have Blaine Perkins for four or five ARCA (laughs) races next year. Very good 17-year-old off the West Coast originally and did a bang-up job for you guys at Kentucky, I think it was, yep. uh, towards the tail end of this season. You, I, I know it's only the first of what I anticipate being many driver announcements, but uh, this looks to be have all the makings of being something really good. Yeah, no, it does. And uh, like you like you said, there there is many more driver announcements to come, but speaking of Blaine, um, you know, 
I feel like he's a very underrated race car driver, and I'm all about opportunity and chance and putting yourself in the right position, and I feel like we can provide that for him. Uh, he's performed and honestly exceeded, I think, everybody's expectations and what he was capable of doing, uh, showing what he was doing at the test at Kentucky and showing what he was able to do in the race. I mean, we, we battled inside the top three at one point and for the lead mm-hmm. at, at Kentucky. Had a little late race, um, some rubs and cut a tire, and we came back, and I think we finished ninth, which still was a really good finish for him. First time ever on a big track, and there was great competition there. Then we went and down to Talladega, and first time ever at a super speedway. Obviously, that was an eye-opening experience for him, but uh, did a lot of testing, you know, single-car run stuff. Then we did some drafting experience, but from all weekend, he was pretty much second quick on the board. Um, and, and which was which was good for his confidence. Um, he's going to be at the Daytona test for us, and then his first race is the Talladega race. So trying to get him as many laps as we can, and that's what I feel like we really uh, pride ourselves on at Mason Mitchell Motorsports is the coaching ability from my aspect of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I've been in the car, and it's, it's you know recent from fresh, and I can help drivers adapt because it's all about adapting as quick as you can now at this day and age because everybody wants to get to the next step faster and faster. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Mason Mitchell about what's going on with him and the Mason Mason Mitchell Motorsports operation. Uh, I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot from him in the near future, but uh, more with him on this program right around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show on the Voice of Motorsports, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? 
At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsports safety. You can visit them on the web, hmsmotorsport.com, or if you want to go see them in person, they have two locations, one in Danvers, Massachusetts, and one right here in Mooresville, North Carolina, and a lot of big things happening with HMS Motorsport now, too, carrying Schubert helmets for the first time, brand new line of helmets, and uh, they are the North American distributor for Schubert and some other lines of uh, driver gear as well, so make sure you uh, stay on top of their website at hmsmotorsport.com, and we'll be talking more with the folks from HMS right after the first of the year here to let them tell you what's going on right now, what we have going on is we have mason mitchell in the studio with us talking about his move back here to the mooresville area and uh blaine perkins racing for him blaine is uh a driver from the west coast who's trying to make a name for himself and uh, certainly uh i think a good fit for you guys to have blaine involved you know i'm sure you would like to have a driver for a full season so you can run for a championship again but uh, you've seemed to have developed a proficiency with having kind of the rotation of drivers in and out. All of them seem to be fast and run well. You had a number of them last year and, um, you know, ran up front with uh, most of them, actually. Right. You know, everybody wants a full-time driver and <clears throat> it makes things Simple and whatnot, but um, unfortunately we're not in that position right now, but we're looking at all the positives, and the positives are working with really multiple talented drivers. And also it allows us to showcase our product better because, like you said, when we have multiple drivers and we can go out there and perform with yep. each every, each single driver, uh, I feel like it really shows a lot for Mason Mitchell Motorsports that um, it really doesn't matter who you are. You can get in this thing and, and can compete for the win. Obviously, it matters, but um, you know we 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 did that this whole season. I felt like uh, almost every race we were in contention to yeah. potentially win the thing. Sure. Um, unfortunately, I wish we could have won more, but that's the way things go in racing and, and uh, how it all plays out. So, you know, with the move, with the drivers that were getting lined up, the projects we're working on to better ourselves and to go into um, not only 2018 but 2019, 2020. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to the future and. Uh, it's just everything's about relationships in this business and everything's about relationships in anything you do in life. But uh, with the relationships that we're starting to build and uh, the things that we're going to do over a long term, long period of time, I think it's really going to help us down the road. And uh, it's it's all just starting right now, but, uh, you know, it will all come to fruit here eventually. Mason, what's the chemistry like considering you have multiple drivers? Is there is there a little bit of competition between them to see who does better? Is there, you know, is there working together? Like, obviously, if you don't have one driver in the car, uh, if the guy who's in the car, are the other drivers keeping an eye on it? What's that kind of like? Yeah, I feel like we try to do it and try to handle it as best as we can. Obviously, everybody is competitor, and they're going to want to perform better than the next guy but i try to keep 
a pretty good handle on that because when you're in the Mesa Mission Motorsports banner, you're a team, you're a team member, and you know the the better you can uh, your teammates run, the better you're going to run. It represents exactly. rep- everybody, you know, in that circle represents each other. So um, if we if a driver is not racing in a race, we you know try to keep them involved. You know, like sometimes this year going into the season, I know sometimes some of the kids that we're going to have driving aren't going to be racing. But they're going to be at the track involved with us, you know, constantly learning from coaching to see how different drivers handle different situations, and it's always going to help them get better. So we try to keep a, a pretty good handle on it and never let it get uh, into anybody's egos by any means, and, and always look at the positives to better each other. Yeah, and uh, to kind of before we get too far away from it, uh, I did want to ask: you do have a uh, trophy sitting in the new shop, and it is a uh, third place team owner trophy. What's that like? Well, it's a really good feeling. Obviously, two more positions higher would be really good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we had a really good year. I'm proud of everybody's efforts that we had in this season to perform. Um, you know, it, it's really hard. Uh, with multiple drivers to stay in the, the owner's championship contention. And we finished third. Obviously you can go look back at multiple situations where you could have made better, but um, you know, this was a really good year and a really good foundation to keep on building on. I, uh, you know, hopefully this, this season, I, which I don't think we'll have a full-time driver, but we'll have full-time cars. And uh, I really want to win an owner's championship um, with multiple drivers. Cause um, I really haven't looked up the statistics on that, but I think it's been a long time since someone's done that. Now, there's a couple more things that we didn't talk about for you guys in the news, the last segment, that are really important, and I want to make sure you get a chance to hit on. Not only a new shop, not only a driver announcement, but you've been busy on the personnel side as well. Yes. New crew chief, new general manager. Talk a little bit about everything that you guys have done to bolster that side of things and what you guys are expecting for next year, because this is a lot of big changes for you, I know. It is. I mean, this is uh, almost like not starting from fresh, but from changes and making things happen is is basically almost like 2014 Mm -hmm. with what we were doing. Um, And it's all for the future. It's all to make us better. And I really, uh, I just really care about the organization and I, I care about uh, winning and I don't want to I want to win a lot of races and uh, I want to put ourselves in position to provide the best opportunity that we can for all of our drivers and not saying we haven't done that in the past but you can always get better so uh brought on a new general manager and Mr. J.R. Longley which him and myself have been friends for many many years since I ever got started into ARCA racing and uh, we've always wanted to work with each other and but timing is everything and we, Finally, we're able to put the pieces of the puzzle together and we work together, and it's been great. Been uh, making a ton of things happen with uh, different projects we've worked on. You know, we used to always call each other on the phone, and, and it take days to get things done before we ever really worked together. And now that uh, we're on the same roof, um, we see each other every day, and we're really uh, happy about that. Really getting a lot of things rolling through all kinds of different projects and I, and I can't wait for a lot of them to come to fruit and we're just scratching the surface and then we've also brought in Mark Setzer as crew chief. That's what I wanted you to get to. That's <laughs> big. And uh, It is big and I, I've known Mark for a little little while and so is JR uh, and he's uh, he's the type of guy that fits uh, the MMM template. You know, he represents you know morals. He has a lot of 
respect, uh, great attitude, um, abilities, really smart, educated, um, and, and so far so good. And everything's been um, running really well. The, the, the flow, the chemistry, everybody working together has been fantastic. Probably the best it's ever been. And we're, uh, we're popping out, you know, cars left and right. We're making uh, a, a lot of things happen. And our super speedway, pro- I'm really proud of our super speedway program going into the test. Um, it was, you know, a huge guess because nobody really knew. And now that we have a lot of to build on, uh, Mark's taking that um, under his wing, and I, I really feel strong about that. And excited to work with him. Excited to showcase his ability uh, to bring what he can offer to the table into a winning organization, and just keep making it better. Now, I think we should make this clear for anybody that's listening that goes, "Well, you had Kevin Reed, and Kevin's a tremendous crew chief, and I know he was an integral part of really." helping stabilize this team. And I think I've heard you you mention in the last few weeks, sometimes change for all parties is something that's necessary to help all sides grow. And I think for you guys, this isn't necessarily a change because, you know, people didn't like each other in all this, but a change because you for your side and Kevin for his side felt that it would be best for everybody to grow out of it. Yeah, you know, and, and some things just don't work out in life, and I'm still friends with Kevin and his family, and I've uh, seen him last week at the banquet, uh, talked a lot to him, and, and I wish him the best in the future. Uh, you know, he did help a lot with our organization this past year, um, but, um, you know, he needed to do something different, and I feel like we did too, and, um, you know, I, I, they'll they'll be strong this year, and, and, you know, I'm just really confident in all the changes that we've made, <clears throat> and and just really looking forward to it. Uh, I know the guys are, are working tremendously hard right now, you know, and with all that we got going on and all the the positive energy around us right now, uh, it's things are looking up uh, big time. And speaking of what you've going on, got going on, Mason, uh, there was a little bit of a test going on lately over at uh, at Talladega with some of the new composite bodies and everything. Long day for you guys, but talk a bit about that. How'd that go? It went really well. Uh, it was a total gasp because the new composite body on a super speedway, nobody really knew what to expect. Uh, and we took some time and, and really, um, you know, evaluated going into that what we should expect and, and whatnot. And I guess we guessed pretty well because we were really fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it went it went fair enough. It went really well. I mean, uh, we from unloading, which we unloaded quick, uh, to going home we picked up over a second and wow. we ended up coming home with a laundry list of to-dos to that car to gain speed so that's the biggest thing i'm proud about is just you know you, you want to you get to the racetrack and you want to unload quick I mean, when you don't unload quick it's a long day so we learned a ton of the test and that's what i've been excited about with uh, investing in our future which i mean you know we invested in a, a nice pull-down machine which has allowed us to this r&d all the time you know mark spit on that thing for, uh, you know, days on end with the Super Speedway program. And that's something we weren't able to do before. Uh, we had um, access to them, but mm-hmm. with uh, not being at your shop and all the different uh, other aspects that go into using one, uh, it just was uh, almost almost a hassle at times. So we did a lot with a little before. Now we're getting more and more resources on our side, and there's a lot of other things that I wish I could talk about right now, but they're so... Uh, they're coming. They're, yeah, they're coming, and uh, they're pretty big things and really cool projects that we're working on that's going to help us perform better and help our drivers in the future. 
you're a team owner, so you can speak to this from outside just the driver perspective before we let you go. Obviously, a lot of change over the past couple years in the ARCA Racing Series. You've seen a lot of it. Where do you feel like the series is at right now? I feel like it's on a tremendous upswing. Um, over the last year or two, the car counts have been growing. The competition's gotten better. Uh, I feel like the... Uh, and the crowds are getting better. Everybody's involved, and I think that you know the major uh, thank you to, to that is Ron Drager and Arca. Um, you know he's the main guy in charge. Obviously, his staff has done a great, great job. But you can go to him uh, any day of the week, twenty four seven, literally, uh, and talk to him about any issue uh, that you want. And that's so cool to have a, a guy that's. Uh, the, the head charge of ARCA to make those things happen and the changes that they've implemented with <clears throat> the Elmore engine and the five-star body uh, have helped uh, with competition and helped with cost a little bit. Uh, you know, you always have with change of initial costs that are going to uh, cost a good amount, but over time they pay off and uh, it's really allowed for, you know, uh, us to do more and it's really allowed for competition to get better. Well, Mason, we always appreciate you coming in. We look forward to having you back again after the first of the year. Maybe we can sit and talk a little longer as uh, you get ready to get back on the track and go to Daytona and open your season. Kent, more announcements. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty positive that we'll have a lot more going on. And uh, as always, guys, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope everybody listening and you guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Same to you and your family and all of your team, Mason. We uh, definitely appreciate having you on. When we come back around the turn, how does a paraplegic race in the Lucas off-road series? George Hamill's going to tell us because he has firsthand experience. I can't wait for all of you to hear this man's story. It is absolutely incredible. It's coming up next on the Stock Car Show right here on The Voice of Motorsports, presented by HMS Motorsport on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it.
resources. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back. Second hour of the Stock Car Show gets the green flag now here on the Performance Motorsports Network, presented, as always, by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and we are going to talk about a series, and I love this when we can do this, that we have never talked about on this show before, and I can't wait because I love this series, the Lucas Oil Off-Road Series. And we're going to talk with a driver named George Hamill, a paraplegic racer who is an amazing inspiration to so many people, and what a story this man has. George, welcome to the program, and I cannot tell you how excited we are to have you on with us to talk for a while. What's up, guys? Thanks very much for having me. Well, it's uh, great to have you, as I said, and and, uh, I'd like to just start by allowing you to talk a little bit about the background, talk about your story a little bit, and just give our listening audience an idea of where you started and kind of where you've come to and the obstacles that you've faced between, and those of you listening Pull up tight here because this is a really amazing story. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, interrupt me anytime too. But I used to be a uh, a professional dirt bike racer. I grew up uh, in Arizona, out in the dirt. So it was, uh, you know, everybody liked riding dirt bikes, quads, and those types of things. And it ended up being a uh, a profession for me. And uh, back in 1998, I ended up uh, breaking my back and getting paralyzed. And you know, it's the nature of the beast when you're riding dirt bikes to to break bones and so to date i've broken 58 bones my Oof. back three times and the uh the second time i broke my back was what ended up uh, paralyzed me from the waist down but uh since then i've been able to work really hard and get back on and start walking around again got out of the wheelchair after five years man it's i mean that that is just an incredible story first of all I don't know anyone else who's broken their back three times. And second of all, to be able to go from not being able to, to walk to then being able to walk again, talk about the journey that that whole situation took you on. Well, there was a lot of trials and tribulations. That's for sure. Um, the emotional roller coaster was one of the hardest parts about it, but the, uh, the journey itself, you know, you're, you're sitting in a wheelchair and you, you just think like, man, what can I do not to have this? What can I do to make my life better? And I thought to myself, well, I'm just never going to give up. These doctors told me that I'm never going to walk again. I'm going to sit in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. And I just basically, you know, cursed at them and said, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to give up. And I went through, um, you know, my college years and I drove the wheelchair around school and all that stuff. And ended up just being wanting to to get better so badly that you know I thought what can I do to walk again and we started finding like leg braces that would work and I started using crutches uh like the Canadian crutches which attached to your forearms and standing up and you know taking one or two steps it was like the most liberating thing in my life you know most people 
get up and they're tired and they're like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Well, for me to stand up and get out of bed, I was like doing jumping jacks in my mind, you know, it was crazy cool. So, you know, I started getting uh, a little bit more strength and, and really pushing hard. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I can start, you know, riding a bicycle again and getting a little bit more active. And so I would, uh, you know, get special clip-in pedals and make myself uh, as secure as possible. I'd fall down all the time, but, you know, I'd start riding the bicycle. And, you know, it, it kind of just led to me keep escalating the, the game of my life. And I started riding dirt bikes again. And in uh, 2000, I think it's 2008 or 2009, I was invited to participate in the X Games again. And uh, at the X Games, you know, we got to go to the Home Depot Center and I got to compete against like-minded and like-bodied individuals, some amputees, some paraplegics. And we were on the biggest stage in the world. I mean, this is, you know, nationally broadcast, worldwide broadcasting, and we got to compete on the same platform that all of the other professional racers did just because we had put in so much hard work to be able to get to that position in our lives again. Wow. George, I wanted to actually go back to the the initial point on this journey. Be, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, when, when the initial accident happened in 1998, that was your first major pro motocross race, was it not? Yeah, it was. Um, I had raced a couple supercross races that year, and we did pretty good, but... Uh, I've always been a better outdoor rider. I like to go in faster and the speeds and the less technical stuff. And uh, I was chasing, it was in Southern California, and I was chasing my buddy, um, one of the Arizona guys that we grew up with. His name's Jimmy Button. He was a teammate to Jeremy McGrath. And uh, at the time, he was one of the top guys. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to follow him around. And I started following him around the track, and I was doing pretty good. I mean, he was quite a bit faster than me for the overall pace but I was able to pace him for laps at a time, you know, so I could hang with him for a lap or so. And we were coming down what's called Mount St. Helens. And it's just a big hill. It's one of the biggest hills on the motocross tracks in the United States. And it gets what's called breaking bumps at the bottom of the hill, like big whoop-de-doos. And I come down the hill and we're in fourth gear wide open on the dirt bikes at that time. So you're, you're cooking pretty good. And uh, I ended up just kind of falling off the back of the bike and giving it full throttle and hitting a jump at the bottom of the hill just way too fast and it kind of bucked me off like a bucking bronco and uh just threw me up in the air and i flew through the air for you know 70 80 feet and landed on my legs and i broke both my legs my tailbone my back both of my arms and fractured a little piece of my skull just because it was such a hard impact flying through the air and landing on your feet i mean at that point, when you talk about those kind of injuries and then when you're in the hospital and they say you're never going to walk again, especially with this being your first pro outdoor race, I mean, what is that or what were the emotions like at that point? And then for you to dig so deep and just even in, even in that moment facing all of that, say, you know, we're not going to give up. We're going to get through this. I mean, that to me is one of the most amazing parts of all of this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a little both. You know, I, I've always had the, the strength and, and the mindset to never give up and to always be better. But I think it also comes back to, you know, being young. I was 19 when it happened, so I was a little naive. 
maybe I didn't understand the actual, you know, really intense portion of the situation. I maybe thought like, eh, whatever they're telling me, I don't want to listen to them, you know, like the typical teenager. And that gave me the opportunity to kind of just bypass them and say, no, you know, I don't believe you. You're not right. I'm going to be able to do it my way. And that's what gave me the strength to be able to do it. I, I didn't understand how big of a journey it was going to be. I just knew I wasn't going to quit. And George, you mentioned, you know, you were, you were young when this, when this happened, but there's a running theme in the X games. You know, I think of what you went through and being able to come back on this biggest stage. And the X games is one of the few sporting events where that's on display more than most and not, not necessarily because of, you know, that, that it's built to do that, but rather that, you know, these are ex- extreme sports. It's it, it's the X Games, but I think of what you've been able to do. I think about Travis Pastrana back when he had his injury and coming back. What is it about motocross and racing in general that gives you that gives you that strength to come back with such vigor and you know such emotion and just amazing and you know being able to do these amazing things. I don't know. I think it's just a personality trait. If you ask a lot of the guys like, you know, Travis Pastrana and different people like that, a lot of them will just tell you that they just want to be better all the time. So most of them, maybe it is being naive or maybe it's just strength. I don't know. But they don't think about their body first. They think about winning first. They think about being a champion. They think about how much better that they can be at doing what they want to do and what they love, you know, and everybody's addicted to adrenaline in those types of sports. And just like you said, with the X games, when I did get the opportunity to, to, to go in the X games, I made a mistake. I fell down with two laps to go and I actually ended up breaking my arm, but I got back up on the bike with a broken arm, passed two people and finished the race, watched the podium guys because I was so pissed off that I wasn't on the podium and then went to the hospital and got fixed. <laughs> He's a braver I, man than me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know if I should be laughing right there, but it just, I love the way you put that. Yeah, I mean, it's its just like you guys said, it's, it's the mentality. You just, you want to be better. You want to do good. George, uh, I don't want to get too long-winded right here, but uh, if you wouldn't mind sticking with us, we've got another segment coming up uh, after a commercial break here in a second, and we want to talk a little bit more with you if that's all right, and uh, also definitely dive a little bit deeper into the Lucas Oil off-road stuff since you've uh, transitioned to that here over the last year or so. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and step aside briefly, and when we come back, we continue with George Hamill here on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Spencer Davis, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Performance Motorsports Network and the Stock Car Show. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and Bill Holt behind the glass. Having a little too much fun tonight, I think. Good thing this is not in video. Uh, we've got George Hamill with us, and really quite a story here um george and just having a minute or two to digest everything that you've been through to this point and thinking about where you're at now with the lucas oil off-road series i feel like this place where you're at now is just perfect. I mean, Lucas Oil Off-Road just seems like the perfect place to go. Uh, coming off, you know, a two-wheel career and, and all the injuries you've had, let's go off-road racing. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And then I love being in the dirt and getting dirty and playing in the mud. But uh, it took me a while to get up there. You know, I had to, I had put, to put really my mind into it and understand how I was going to be able to do it. It's, it's not cheap to go off-road racing. And, I knew that from the get-go, so I, I, uh, I should probably back the story a little bit. After the X Games, I was training to, you know, be better at the dirt bike racing again, still being a paraplegic. But then I ended up breaking my back the third time, and at that point, I had another surgery, and the doctor said, "Hey, you, you know, you better not do any more damage to your back, otherwise, it's not going to be repairable next time." So I made a conscious decision to you know, look into the off-road racing stuff. And I said, okay, well, I'm never going to be able to afford this. What am I going to do? And I thought, okay, well, I'll start riding bicycles and making an impact, uh, you know, and showing people what you can do, even if you're, you know, have setbacks and you can still achieve your goals as long as you try hard. 
So I started riding a bicycle on the, you know, like the Lance Armstrong street, street bicycles and stuff like that. And I ended up, you know, doing a 111 mile bicycle race, gaining some notoriety for myself, acquiring some sponsors and, uh, you know, getting some funding for my program. And then I, you know, stepped it up a level again and maybe in a, a kid out in Arizona, there's no water out there, so I didn't know how to swim, but I wanted to take on a triathlon. So instead of doing it, you know, working my way up, I just went straight and did an Ironman. Wow. I trained for two years and just did it right off the bat. Never did a triathlon and haven't done one since, but I knocked it out and got some more uh, notoriety. And three years down the road, I got enough notoriety to be able to fund half of my off-road racing program. And I got uh, some money in my pocket when I saved up during that time, and I was able to get a vehicle and hit the track. Now, George, the series that you compete in, it, well, obviously it's the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series. The uh, the class of that is the Production 1000 UTVs. And I did a little research because I looked at these and went, those look like Polaris Razors, but oh no, they they are not just that. Talk a bit about the, uh, the vehicles you're piloting because they are something. Yeah, so all of the guys have different vehicles, but we drive a Yamaha YXZ1000R. It's a three-cylinder motor, 1,000cc, and they are uh, four-wheel drive vehicles, so um, they're really stable. They're very safe. You know, we build them with roll cages, and they have quite a bit of horsepower. The power-to-weight ratio is, is amazing in these things. I mean, we can go into corners at 70 miles an hour and never hit the brakes and just turn the car sideways and just, you know, cruise through corners and we can also hit jumps you know jump 100 200 feet no problem and what's kind of the difference with that and stuff like the pro buggy because you know this isn't a full scale you know necessarily buggy like what you might see in something like dirt four or something it's scaled down but these but these cars still have tons of power in them yeah exactly well the the biggest difference is it's a production vehicle. That's why they call it the production 1000 class. All of the other classes, you have to build your own vehicle. These ones, you can go into the showroom, you can buy them at a dealership, make some safety modifications, and you can hit the track yourself. So they gain a lot of popularity, and they're the biggest class now at all of these races. And uh, a bunch of different classes obviously race at these races. Obviously, you got the pro trucks, so stuff like what Brian Deegan's run, RJ Anderson, also names you might uh, recognize in your class, as well as uh, people like Tommy Scranton, and also a name that stuck out to me, Bucky Lassick, who made uh, looks like one or two starts in the buggies. But what's kind of... What's kind of the challenge that you get of, or, or I guess, what are some of the benefits, I guess is a better way to say it, of uh, running a production class? Because like you said, it is something that you can walk in, buy, and modify. It's, it kind of harkens back to the early days of NASCAR in a way. Yeah, a little bit. And and, and like Supercross and stuff, too. Like, it's, uh, it's a really growing sport. It's the fastest form of racing, period, because so many people can, I guess, afford you know, in quotes, to be able to do it because of the vehicles you can go buy and you can do it yourself. And the cool part about it is, is you maybe, you know, get really good drivers out there. RJ Anderson's been out on the course with us this year um, and those types of really good drivers. And for me, it's an accomplishment just for me to line up. I'm p competing on a professional level against completely able-bodied people being paralyzed and competing for wins and championships it's really really cool for me to be able to have that feeling 
And uh, I was able to go to your YouTube channel a little bit before we uh, before we had lined up the interview and everything and learned a bit about what you go through during the race. And one of the things you pointed out was that because you're going through so many different, you know, getting thrown around the cab in, in, a, in a meaning of sense, you still have safety harnesses, still have seatbelts, but your legs still go through a lot of a lot of. Um, jostling around during the race and you actually have a specialty uh cushion that you have to kind of hold them in place but for you what are kind of the uh what are kind of the stresses that your body has to go through during these races because these aren't just flat tracks you got jumps you've got whoop de doos you've got high bank turns you got no bank turns you got everything in there yeah exactly well some of the uh we have a uh, a gps monitor that we actually keep on the car and we've, you know, go into some of the corners, and it can get upwards of 20 Gs. So, if, wow. you know, I don't want to equate it to driving a fighter jet, but, you know, it's it's very similar in my mind because it pushes our bodies, and you don't really realize it when you're in the vehicle doing it, but when you see it, you know, on paper, it's it's just crazy what these cars can do and what your body can actually withstand. That's incredible. 20 G's. I can't even imagine what that's like under a racing condition. Yeah. And I mean, the guys in the, their pro fours and pro twos doing the Lucas off-road stuff. I mean, they're doing even more, but, uh, you know, I mean, we can go into a corner 60, 70 miles an hour and just turn the wheel. So you can imagine all of the, the pressure that's inside the vehicle. What kind of fitness program would you have to go through? And particularly in, you know, in your situation, what, what, kind of preparation or or fitness do you do during the week to prepare for something like that i'm a really active guy so i ride my bicycle all the time and um for me that's that's pretty liberating so that's one of my main things is i need to be able to keep up cardio and uh you know just muscle fitness and fatigue but you know everybody will tell you that if you want to be a good driver you just drive so you spend as much time in the car as possible you want to be a good rider you ride you spend as much time on the bike as possible so we do a lot of that stuff that's really natural so that we can be prepared when we're in the vehicle. George, how important was the work on the bicycle for you when you were trying to work back in after after the most recent back injury to be able to work back in to the fitness that you needed to be to you know, get back into the Lucas Oil Off-Road Series and be competitive? Because as we've heard and as you know, most anybody who would be listening probably well knows you're a racer. I mean, that competitive fire isn't just going to go away. Yeah, exactly. Well, the the bicycle stuff was twofold for me. It was one, and the most important thing for me was it was overcoming a mental, you know, block or a mental thing that I had to get over because I'm not just riding a bicycle. I'm putting myself at risk of, you know, being in the street, getting hit by a car, not being able to react properly, falling down, those types of things. So it made me understand that my mind can react very quickly to any situation. So in a racing environment, I could understand if I'm this close to somebody, you know, we're going 70 miles an hour, we're going to go into a turn, and I'm going to be a half an inch away from him. I have to be able to mentally understand that. And then adversely, I'm training my body to be able to do that stuff at the same time so i'm making my muscles stronger and they're able to react quicker so that i can do what my mind is telling the car to do in a race situation and george uh 
some of, you know, obviously with everything you've gone through, you've still been in the position to compete with people and you've, you've talked, you've talked about the people that you've competed with where you did come through, you know, and you were, it was people you're competing with who were on kind of in the same sort of situation as you, but back in, you know, now that you're running, now you're running production 1000, you're out there with guys who aren't, who don't have that handicap. Is that, is it, I guess, normal, I guess, in a way where people come up and ask about it? Do other drivers ask you about it? What, what, how's it kind of affect your chemistry with the other drivers on track? Um, you know what? I, I don't know a good way to answer that. The way it affects me is I'm proud. I'm, I'm happy I can go out there and I can compete with these guys. I think it's fantastic. To me, it gives me a little bit of a, an edge in my mind because I'm going, well, you know, these guys are normal and they're doing it. So I feel like I'm even cooler because I'm not and I'm out there doing it, you know. So it, it really, really makes me feel good. And I do get some, you know, some people that talk to me and, and ask me about certain things. But I think for the most part, the guys just see me with my helmet on in the vehicle as a threat. I'm out there competing with them, and they want to win just as bad as I do, but I could possibly take it away from them. So I don't know that they consider me any different. You know, maybe they do in the pits when they see me walking around because I kind of walk like a penguin. But for the most part, when I have my helmet on, I'm no different than those guys. I'm going to give it my all, and so are they. George, for any young racers who might be fighting adversity or have an adversity in their life uh, what advice for those who are listening would you give them and you know for yourself what have you learned going through this whole process well I think one of the main, main things to learn is you have to have good people around you I have fantastic supporters you know my crew chief my family my dad is always around, you know, all of the sponsors that helped me, Yamaha, Graves Motorsports, which were actually sitting in their office today. They let us use their conference room. And all of those people around make a huge difference. So even if you don't have big sponsors, cherish the people that are around you. Be good to them. You know, make sure that you're putting yourself out there on a good, humble level, because no matter what you do, people will understand that and they'll relate to that and first and foremost no matter what happens even if you lose never give up never ever give up because you can always be better the next time from somebody who's fought some challenges in my own right i can say that uh, i'm i've been sitting here with chills for the last 20 minutes just uh you know listening to your story and being able to be a part of this i think uh, i speak for all of us when we say thank you so much for taking some time to uh to talk with us here on the stock car show tonight george and definitely keep us abreast of uh, of what you're doing going forward into the year because we'd like to have you back on here at some point down the road to to continue to talk about some of the things that you've been up to once the season gets going into full swing and to uh, hopefully talk about a lot more success oh i would love to guys thank you very much for having me and i hope to talk to you guys very soon thank you george we appreciate it and uh, merry christmas and happy new year to you and your family and to everybody at craves motorsports as well and with that we will step aside when we come back, 
We've got Kyle Souza talking New England motorsports. Right around the turn, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by the fine folks at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Camping World Truck Teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SECA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Shrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orica Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS representatives are knowledgeable and focused on only one thing making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for a second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD. The entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by our friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com and check out all of the new lines of driver safety gear that uh, HMS is now acquiring. There are a few and uh, some great news for them coming out of the recent PRI show. And we'll look forward to talking with them about that on a future show here. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, joining you talking 
New England Motorsports now from Charlotte in more ways than one. Talking about the recently held NASCAR banquets last weekend with Kyle Souza, our New England correspondent, who also is a scribe for our friends at Ariata Racing News and uh, works for NASCAR Home Tracks as well, doing the PR for the Wheel and Modified Tour. Kyle, the Wheel and Modified Tour, the KNN E-Series, the KNN West Series, kind of all on parade here over this past weekend and you and Jacob had the chance to attend the banquet for the weekly slash touring series a really good time had by everybody and great to finally see some of the drivers get their due who worked so hard all year and accomplished so much great time for everybody to come together enjoy a great meal and celebrate the season one of those few times uh, i think in motorsports and really in all sports that we get to really sit back and enjoy ourselves uh that goes for the media as well as the drivers and the teams everybody has a chance to kind of just you know take a deep breath look back and reflect on what the season was and then when it's over you start kind of preparing for next year but this past weekend down there in charlotte you know obviously one of the big storylines coming out of that Guys like Harrison Burton and Todd Gillen winning the K&N championships. But another big storyline, Jacob, one we've talked about a lot on this show, Doug Kobe winning his fourth straight title. After his speech again, guys, again, Doug Kobe knows how to get it done on the track, and he really knows how to get it done at the banquet. One of the few guys that when I left that banquet I knew had put 100% a fantastic speech together that was not too long, not too short, got everything he needed to say in there and had a few jokes in the middle. And that's something that I think some of these champions every year struggle with. But Doug's done it enough times now that I knew as soon as he got up there, uh, it was going to be another classic speech. And it was, Kyle. It absolutely was. The problem is, you mentioned there were a few zingers, but Doug self-admitted when it was all said and done, there was actually one zinger he left out in regards to the whole Ryan Priest versus Elliot Sadler thing that may have showed up on Twitter later when Doug posted a picture of himself with Elliot at the NASCAR Xfinity Series Awards on Saturday night and said they was best friends and they was strategizing. Oh, boy. Yeah, we had the chance, uh, so for those who weren't there, of course, Doug, visiting on Saturday night as well as a guest of that truck and Xfinity banquet. And Jacob, we had the chance to sit down with Doug for a while before that banquet got underway. And you're right, he did say, you know, I had I had a joke in there about Priest and Sadler. I took it out. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed he did, to be honest with you, because I would have liked to hear uh, what was going to go on there. But Doug's one of those guys that uh, is very professional up at the front of the room. Kept it clean, obviously. Uh, thanked all his sponsors and his team. And this was also a big deal for him with the addition of Mayhew Tools this year. Uh, a new sponsor for him, tagging on with Dunleavy's Truck and Trailer uh, and AJ Romano Construction. So, you know, it's just going to be uh, going forward something we're obviously going to think about again and again. If he can win another championship, you know, where does he stand on the all-time list? Uh, and a good chance this past weekend, Jacob, I had also to talk with some of the other drivers that were in the room that said, you know what, we're here to celebrate Doug, but we're also here to celebrate our seasons. They recognized Timmy Salamito and Justin Bonsi on Friday night in a formal manner. They recognized a lot of the other drivers on Thursday night in a little bit of an informal manner, but a lot of guys down there to get the recognition they deserved on what was a good season for them as well. It was all the way around. I mean, Calvin Carroll being Rookie of the Year. Craig Lutz had a strong season. That's one of the things we haven't so much talked about this year, Kyle, is the fact that a lot of these young guys really started to come into their own this year. 
Yeah, and that's another thing I take away from the banquet, Jacob. Calvin Carroll, you mentioned getting that Rookie of the Year title. We've talked about that before. Uh, But another thing I take away from the banquet that kind of came out over social media earlier this week, uh, well, maybe just after the banquet, but came from the banquet, was Craig Lutz announcing that he's going to return to the Goodale Motorsports number 46 for the 2018 season. They're going to run a full-time tour schedule, and they're actually planning to even start that season down in New Smyrna for the Speed Week. So some of these guys that were there for the banquet to collect the awards, also, Tom, having the chance to talk a little bit with their team a little bit more, finalize some of the stuff for next year. And in Craig Lutz's case, he won the poll at Stafford last year. He finished three times in the top ten in the eight or nine races that he ran. So they've got something to build on, and they're going to head down to New Smyrna to try and kind of flesh out some of those boundaries that they might face when they get to Myrtle Beach. That way they don't have to deal with it when the schedule starts. Well, it's and that's what's so cool about Speed Weeks. And, of course, it's just plain fun. I mean, you know, that's a lot of racing in a very short amount of time it can be a very expensive proposition but you know for these drivers it's a chance to sort of blow the winter rust off and as you say get all the bugs worked out and maybe try some different things with setups and such before you get to the point season you know that's a good opportunity for craig still kind of new with that team so that's awesome and i'm very excited for Goodale as well, because they're, again, an opportunity for that group to step it up for this coming year also. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and those guys had, you know, those people that don't know, Woody Pickett had driven that car yeah. for the beginning of last season. They had a little bit of a falling out. Craig kind of came on as a family team, off his family team to visit with them, and they ran well, and he's going to be back. Jacob, another quick point, though, want to mention over the last couple of weeks, another story coming out of New England uh, as far as the modified community goes, one guy that didn't get a chance to attend the banquet is Woody Pitcat. He has been announced as the driver of the number 82 for Danny Watts next year. Those guys had worked together uh, after the unfortunate passing of Ted Christopher, but Woody now is going to have the chance to go back full-time on the tour with a ride that obviously is going to have some contention when it comes down to winning a couple of the races. Yes, I can't be happier about that, Kyle. Honestly, that's a very deserving pick. Woody stuck with that team when they needed it most, when they needed the stability most, and just great to see another true racer hook up with Danny Watts for 2018 in that 82 car. I think I wrote it a month or so ago that I felt like Woody would carry on the legacy of that car very proudly the way Ted would have wanted it. So, uh, you know, great to see there, and I want to talk about it because by the time we get back after the first of the year with you, Kyle, we're going to be in full swing with the Indoor Auto Racing TQ Midget Series, and this is going to be fun when you consider Ryan Priest is making a run for the championship, Ryan Flores is the defending titleist, you've got Keith Rocco in the car that Ryan Priest used to drive, who's never been in a TQ before. I mean, this recipe looks to me like it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, and I think the TQ Midget Series is one of those things that kind of brings together the end of the offseason and the start of the new season. Uh, This TQ Midget Series this year is kind of going to encompass a couple of different months uh, in the same. They're going to start in early January, Jacob, the same weekend uh, that I'll be down at the Red Eye 100 for us at the new Smyrna Speedway. So they're kind of tag teaming two big races in one weekend. They're going to start in Allentown on January 5th and 6th. Uh, They're going to have their annual at Atlantic City at the end of January. Then they're going to go to Albany for the third and final race in the beginning of February. So we were just talking about Speed Weeks. When that Albany race is over, Speed Weeks starts the next day. 
So these races, guys, are kind of one of those barriers between the off-season and the start of the racing season. Uh, and really, I mean, we're two or three weeks away from this kicking off. And the, as Jacob mentioned, the lineup for these indoor races is phenomenal right now. Guys like Rocco and Priest and Flores, uh, but also guys like Jimmy Blewett, uh, Tommy Catalano, indoor guys that have been really gritting to try and win these championships. Blewett, you know, has been really good at these indoor races as well. And I think... Uh, I'm most looking forward to somebody you mentioned, Keith Rocco. I'm most looking forward to see what he can do behind the wheel of a TQ Midget. We know uh, he can win plenty of SK championships and races, and he's, you know, he's run well on the wheel and modified tour before. But I'm interested to see what he does when they get to those indoor tracks. Jacob, you know better than anybody, of course, with the Rumble in Fort Wayne, uh, that these, these indoor tracks are small, gritty, and you're really going to be on top of your game right from the drop of the green flag because the races are not very long. No, they're not very long, and you mentioned I do have a long history with seeing this indoor racing play out over the years. This offers me the ability to uh, hit on one more name that should always be mentioned in the first breath, and you failed to do so, Kyle. (coughs) Eric Rudolph. (coughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's another thing that Eric has been so dominant over the last couple of years as part of that indoor auto racing championship series. Of course, the guys over at Area Auto putting this series on they actually already had a race a dirt indoor race was something new they did this year down in trenton uh but now we're switching to that asphalt rudolph another one that's been so successful on the indoor circuit of late you know something tells me tom that he's going to be successful again because these you know talking to rudolph last year these setups are kind of similar once you kind of hit on something you really have hit on it because unlike an outdoor track, uh, these tracks are set up the same way and they're taken down at the end of the race. You know, they're put back up the next year. They do it the same way. So once you kind of hit on something, it usually works for a while. Yeah, it's really kind of interesting, to be honest. I think somebody like Rudolph, who's been around this for a while, you see these guys, they're up front everywhere these cars race indoors. Whether it's Ryan Flores or it's Eric Rudolph, whomever it may be, those guys are up front all the time. And I think this is going to be fun this year. A lot of uh, interesting names again in this uh, series, and I I always love the TQs indoors. I've been watching them indoors ever since I was a kid. I haven't had the opportunity to see them in the last year or two, and I'm hoping maybe I can sneak up to one of the events before the, the indoor season ends. But these guys put on a great show, and it's great family fun. Yeah, and a great way to, you know, as I mentioned, bring that barrier uh, in between uh, the off season and the, yes. the new race season. Just one more quick mention, guys. Uh, announcement that came across yesterday. I do want to throw in Star at Tools coming on board as the primary sponsor uh, for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour race at Stafford in August. Timmy Salamito uh, going to bring Star at Tools back for 2018 as well. So uh, look forward to talking more motorsports next week. Sounds good. That's Kyle Souza, and we will step aside when we come back. More of the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, 
or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Brings me back to my youth right there. Jim Croce, Bad Bag, Leroy Brown, and Ben Rhodes bringing us back to our lightning round here on the Stock Car Show, which is presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Cisco Scaramuza, and behind the glass, Bill Holt from the Carolina School of Broadcasting, ably pushing buttons in all the right time and opportunities. And we are uh, going to chat a little bit. I, I wanted to kind of add some spice to the newswire portion of the show because we really didn't have an, a lot of opportunity to talk about everything that's been in the news lately, especially where it comes to the NASCAR front and a couple of things that that I uh, wanted to talk about. First of all, on the truck series side of things, Nice Motorsports has been in the news the last couple of days, guys, because not only have they announced that Justin Fontaine will be racing with them full time in 2018, but they are also <laughs> in an interesting development aligning themselves with GMS Racing. And I think, Jacob, that this, I chuckle at this, not in any kind of a smart aleck way, but 
in almost an ironic way because it seemed like they just went away from Chevy. Now they're back and a good opportunity for them to really step up their program with a team that is obviously a championship caliber team providing some technical support. No kidding. First in the 2016 Camping World Truck Series Championship with Johnny Sauter and in the Final Four in this year's championship fight before falling just a little bit short in the end of it. Uh, GMS is certainly one of the preeminent forces in the Truck Series nowadays, and I'm... I was shocked, quite frankly, when this came out. It was one of those where you just kind of look at it, and I had to read it two or three times to really digest and absorb what I was seeing. This is really a big moment for Austin Self, who was announced back in October, I think it was, as one of the full-time drivers for Nice Motorsports in 2018. And now to add Justin Fontaine, the two of them have worked together in the past in the ARCA Series, at AM Racing, AM slash Wintron Racing. Uh, So they're no strangers to being teammates, and they will be again in 2018. I think it's a great opportunity for Austin Self to get back full-time. He's been wanting to be in a truck on a consistent basis, and this technical alliance with GMS is going to allow both of these young, very hungry drivers to have a shot to do some really decent things, you know, an equipment alliance, a strategic alliance. They've even moved the Nice shop from China Grove down into Statesville to be close at hand with GMS and share as much information as possible. You stop and consider. You've got GMS. They aligned with Halmar Friesen Racing when uh, the HFR camp kind of, change direction midstream this season and now to add nice that's five or six perhaps trucks under the gms technical banner i mean if they all work together pretty closely that this is the first time in a while we've seen a technical gamut quite this big cisco i was going to actually come to you with that and the idea that it seems like gms with the success that Halmar Halmar Friesen had with them this year in elevating their performance, this is one of those moves that kind of sneaks up on you, I think, because no one expected Nice Motorsports to make an announcement like this, but this shows a commitment to me on the part of that entire organization to become more competitive And I think this really feels a lot like the Halmar Friesen situation when they decided that they were going to align with GMS and instantly became more competitive. That is a very good case study for Nice Motorsports to give them optimism going into the season. Exactly. And I mean, we say overnight because it was it was like that. It was all of a sudden. We saw the 52 truck was, oh, hello, Stuart Freeze. Yeah. Where did you come from? But, yeah, it was. this is absolutely a case study for that. And it's also a case study that, hey, the more people you have working on your truck, the faster it's going to be. And the more and the bigger that notebook is, the more notes you're going to have off of to start working on that truck. And, well, you just might find a little bit of speed. Well, you know, and when you look at the truck series for next year, Jacob, 
you look at a team like Halmar Friesen, and if they end up running the full season, I don't see any reason why they aren't heavy contenders, serious contenders for a playoff spot and a run at the championship because I believe that much in Stewart as a racer. Absolutely. And, you know, their season got derailed a little bit mid-year when they had some crashes and had to take a couple races off. But the last five or six races, we watched Stuart Friesen be a totally different race car driver than what we're used to seeing. I watched him be a totally different race car driver than I've ever seen him on the pavement when he wrestled that 52 truck to a sixth-place finish at Martinsville in October. That was a tremendous moment for them. He got a top five at Loudoun, New Hampshire in the playoffs. These guys have been trending in all the right directions to close the season, and you're right. I believe in Stuart Friesen's racing ability, and I believe that they will be serious contenders to make the playoffs. Heck, the way Stuart wants Eldora back for dominating that race <laughs> the way he did, I'll go ahead and circle it right now. Give Friesen the golden shovel in a playoff berth next year because I don't think he's going to let that one get away twice. Well, he certainly is going to do his best not to, I'm sure. And speaking of drivers who have raced dirt and been very successful, another news item that isn't so much a NASCAR news item, but certainly involves one of the top NASCAR Cup drivers, Kyle Larson becoming sole owner of his sprint car team now, which was Larson Marks. It is now Kyle Kyle Larson, basically. Um, What do you make of this, Jacob? I'm not going to give all my thoughts because we're going to talk about this at length coming up next week on our Motorsports Madness show, but I will give a few thoughts here. This, to me, is Kyle Larson being ready. This, to me, is Kyle Larson saying, I've learned what I needed to know. I'm ready to do this on my own. And it's not that Justin Marks isn't still going to be available for advice if need be. But I think when this all started, I don't think, you know, Kyle Larson is still only like 24, 25 years old. But when he first came into this, he was 22, 23 years old. And I don't think at that point, Kyle had the life experience and the team ownership experience to be ready to, to do a World of Outlaws run and a full campaign by himself. I think he's had the experience, he's had the right people around him, and now with the addition of Paul Silva, who was his crew chief on the World of Outlaws for the sprint car races that Kyle ran this year, he's got the people around him for this to be successful doing it on his own, and I think that's the big key. This is Kyle Larson transitioning into a different place now. It doesn't change the team. If anything, I think it makes the team even stronger. And again, I won't give my whole argument away, but I'll say this much. I believe the two crew will be a serious contender to dethrone Donnie Schatz next year. It's a tall order for sure. Uh, An interesting trend that we're seeing with a lot of these younger racers getting into ownership at a very young age. Of course, we had Mason Mitchell on the show earlier, and he's been a 
team owner for a while now in the ARCA series and Tyler Young as well in the truck series uh, doing a nice job in the ownership role and you have Carl Larson you've got Ricky Stenhouse now uh, with a a little bit more uh, perhaps of an ownership role in his reorganized sprint car situation Uh, we'll talk more about that as well but Cisco I want to give you a minute or two here as we come to the close of the show because you're very familiar, obviously, with iRacing, working for LSR TV, and iRacing has recently made a whole bunch of changes on the platform, modifications, upgrades. Uh, and anything? Global Rallycross? Yeah, Global Rallycross. Oh. Uh, talk a little bit about some of that for those in our audience who may not be aware, but who are maybe iRacing savvy. I didn't know we were doing this segment. Um, okay, well, for I those like surprises. For, for those of you privy to iRacing, there are four builds a year. They're quarter builds, so every, every four times a year, they go through and make changes to the sim. There's actually an update sitting for me right now after this radio show. So basically what those do is essentially allows the development team to come in and make changes and update the sim to get it more in line with real, realism. And this time, they made a lot of changes primarily in the oval racing division, yes, Rallycross was the big ticket item, and just under that was the Dirt Midget car, which Rico Abreu helped develop, and from what I hear is doing wheelies on its rear tires if you drive at full speed, but... Wow. I die. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. All the stuff with Rallycross, there's heat racing now in the sim, but the biggest change, because we're involved in it, because we're on the stock car show, is the oval racing, because all of the top three series cars got an update which changed the chassis which changed the aerodynamics and changed the overall behavior of the car and after talking with some of the drivers involved jacob the dynamic is very different because we're now seeing cars that for the first time since i'd have to say 2011 these cars are much more unstable than they've ever been in a very long time and i don't say that from like they're not like staying on the track unstable. They can stay on the track, but they're much more loose and much more harder to handle, which if you've ever driven the cup car on the sim the last couple of years, while it wasn't, I would say tricky to drive you. Well, I, I guess you could say you, you didn't, you couldn't just stamp on the gas pedal, but the car had a lot of those characteristics, Jacob, and this is starting to get us towards that direction where, yeah, where we're starting I wish to get a little the real bit cars would go. <laughs> yes, all, all, all I'm going to go the right direction. All I'm going to say here to wrap up Cisco's point is this: drivers need to be able to drive race cars. Now on iRacing, real drivers can have to drive race cars. Entertainment. Enough said. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think what. What we're all trying to get to here is wouldn't it be nice if we could once again get the cars to the point on the real track with the real stuff where we do see more spin outs and the drivers have to lift more and get out of the gas and really work the corners again because that's what always increases passing. 
Yes, and with that, we are quickly going to throw a checkered flag yes, on we this are. show because Bill's making a, giving me the evil eye and making us get the heck out of Dodge. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, as well as Bob Steele, Sue Mason, Bill Holt behind the glass, and all the folks at PMN that make this show possible, as well as our fine sponsors at HMS Motorsport. Joe Marco and all the staff visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. For Tom Baker and Cisco Scaramuza, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And we might just see it at a racetrack somewhere. Folks, good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated. And may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on the program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.